When I was driving through the southwest, through the desert country, I saw this car by an old shack. It was a big, beautiful car, all polished and shining in this strange, out-of-the-way place. And what did an old Indian want with a fancy car like that? A car that he didn't even drive. The other five presents Devil Dust. You think we wouldn't make it? <laughs> when I dozed off before, I dreamt we were stranded on the desert. Oh, not so loud, Jula. We ain't home yet. Oh, I apologize if I hurt your engine feelings. It did get us to Deming and back. But Harvey, you don't mind an old telling you that you need a new... Yeah, I need a new everything. But I can't afford it, Jula. Harvey. Yeah? We've got company behind us. Get over Get over. Jim! Dumb, blasted idiot! California, please. Uh, you'll wear that car out in no time. Harvey, stop! Uh, crazy! Just crazy! Stops in the middle of the road. Look, he's running up to the car parked behind that shack. Isn't that old John Eagle's place? Uh. He's opening the car door. He's poking around inside it. Oh, Harvey, don't you want to see what he's doing? Not if I'm home. Well, he's not home or those dogs of his would have torn into that fellow as soon as he touched the car. Wait. Let's see what happens. Or are you afraid John might come back and see you? I don't want him thinking I had anything to do with this. You're afraid of that old man. You believe in Indian magic. No, I, I, I didn't say that at all. He was a big medicine man back on the reservation. And I seen those Navajo medicine men do things to people. <laughs> no, sir. Maybe we know the sheriff. That fellow wants to steal the car. Yeah, I doubt there's a battery in it. John never drives it. Then why? Why would a California tourist be interested? Yeah. You could ask Tommy. Tommy? Oh, you women. Here you got old John's own grandson clerking in your store. Tommy Tyandy? Sure. Uh, Why, well, yes, so he is. <laughs> Somehow I never got me in connection with John and the Navajos. <laughs> He's a good boy. I like him, but... But what? A feeling I get when he looks at me sometimes. Ah, you will, uh, that's Junjun. Look, I grew up around Navajo Indians, both kinds, blanket wearers and the English speaking. For all that I've seen them every day in my life, I still don't understand a thing about them. Not a blasted thing. Dina, they call themselves. Dina, the people. Dina is different. Indians are different. Mrs. Granger, 
I was just wondering when you'd be back. Something the matter, Tommy? The cook came in from the Thompson Ranch and took the last of those canned freestone peaches. I'll order more. Tommy, when Harvey Tibbetts and I were driving past your grandfather's house, we saw a stranger looking around that old car your grandfather keeps near the Arroyo. Uh, is there something special about that car? I don't go up to my grandfather's house, Mrs. Granger. I don't know. Oh. If you've got a minute, I'd like to talk to you. Sure, go right ahead. Could you see your way clear to paying me $5 a week more? I'd keep the store open till 10 every night if you wanted. <sighs> you could keep it open till midnight, Tommy. We wouldn't do any more business. This is too small a store, and Devil Dust is too small a town for me to be able to pay you any more than I'm paying you right now. Oh, Tommy. You've had two years of high school. You're a smart boy. Why don't you see what you can get in a bigger town, huh? I know what, Indians. I, I know what I could get. It's not much. Mrs. Granger, when I leave here, I want to go a long ways. I want to go clear across the country. Away from sheep raising and bitter roots and starving. You mean leave your people? Well, they can't help me. I can't go back on the reservation. I, I, I just can't go backwards. I have to go forward. I want to stretch out to my limits. So when I'm old, at least I'll know I've tried everything I could. You want to get away from here? Yes, and I need money to do it. Oh, I wish I could help you find yourself, Tommy. But that extra $5 a week is just impossible. You know what this store makes. I guess I do, Mrs. Granger. You, uh, you want me to write down the order for the peaches? Yes, Tommy. Thank you. Somebody's pulling in at Harvey Tibbetts' place. Why, it's him. It's the man who was poking around your grandfather's car. Must be taking a cabin to stay here. But why? I brought you some glasses, Mr. Farman. Oh, thanks. Uh, listen, Tibbets, what's wrong with that old Indian who owns the car? I went up to see him, didn't try to pressure him, but it was no sale. When I finally gave up, when I left the price open, you know what he said? He said he didn't understand me because I didn't speak Navajo. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Farman, Indians have to do things their way. And if you don't understand their way, well, you have to wait them out. Especially Navajos. They're buyers, not sellers. You don't let anything go. Not even words. Smart, huh? Hmm. You suppose he knows what he has right there in his backyard? What? <laughs> What's so special about that old car? Now listen, Tibbets. It is an old car, but a very special make and a very special year. Supercharged Cord, 1936. It cost plenty bucks back then when they were hard to come by. You know why? Mm. Because it was a handmade car. The parts hand-turned. That's the reason they only made about five of those coupes in 1936. It was too expensive, too much ahead of the times. Only five for this whole country, Tibbets. And that old Indian has one of them. Hmm. Say, uh, what would you do with it? Are you for real? It's a money car, I told you. It's a collector's item. I could sell it, or I could take all the prizes at the car shows. That car has class. That car is status on wheels. I want it. Well, uh, what if old John Eagle won't sell it to you? I'm not even listening. He'll sell because I'll find a way to make him sell. 
Oh, 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 come in, kid. Come in. You're right on time. Oh, oh Tommy. Hello, Mr. Tibbetts. Hello, Mr. Fireman. Uh, we met this afternoon, Tibbetts, before I went up to see Tommy's grandfather. Oh, uh, get me some ice, will you, Tibbetts? Yeah, sure. You didn't have much luck with grandfather. How do you know? I tried to tell you, Mr. Fireman. You went in with three strikes against you. My grandfather, he didn't know you. You probably asked his name. You looked in his eyes when you spoke to him. Maybe even pointed your finger at him. Yeah, I think I did. That's it. The old-fashioned Navajos, like my grandfather, they don't like those things. Taboo. And, uh, you? Are you an old-fashioned Navajo? I... I don't know what I am. Not much of anything. My grandfather and me, we... We don't get on so well just because of his old-time ideas. But you're still speaking to him. When I see him. Uh, how much do you make in that grocery, kid? If you can talk your grandfather into selling his car to me, this 50 is yours. Oh, I... I don't make that kind of money. Uh-huh. Well, what do you say? I don't know. You could go a long way on 50 bucks, get some decent clothes, buy a ticket out of this town, buy a suitcase like this one. You like it? Leather-grained, brass-buckled. It's beautiful. I'll throw it in for goodwill. That's the kind of business I do. Fifty and the suitcase. Well, come on. What are you, afraid to stand up to your old grandfather? Well, my grandfather thinks that car is beautiful, Mr. Fireman. He, he loves it. He works on it. He, he keeps it up. He, it makes him a big man with the Navajos. The reason up there near the Arroyo is he doesn't want it to get dusty near the road. But he doesn't drive it, does he? No. Then it isn't doing him any good. He'd be better off with a pickup truck. Help him. Help yourself at the same time. What do you say? Well, uh, I, I'm thinking it over, but... I, I, I just happen to have a bottle of bourbon, almost as old as your grandfather. It's in the suitcase. Open it up, Tommy. And remember, that case is yours with the 50 if... Hey, how do you like that case, huh? Oh, it's so smooth, so clean. Here's your ice. Oh, thanks, Tibbetts. I'm, uh, I'm not much for drinking. Oh, this time you'll make an exception. Uh, Mr. Fireman, I don't think Tommy should... Oh, what is this? No fire water for the Redskins? Come off it. We're in the modern world. Tommy might as well learn to drink. He'll be able to afford it. while he sobers up, and the old man must know it was me that got him drunk. Well, who'd expect him to go up there the night and make a scene? Uh, he wanted the money pretty bad. Yeah, I guess you'll have to give up on that car, Mr. Fireman. <laughs> you'll never get it now. That's where you're wrong. I'm a guy who sees what he wants and goes after it. Ask anybody in L.A. about Mark Fireman in business. I don't back down. That's my reputation. Uh, how? Uh, just take my word. I've got the tow bar ready home with me, that big, beautiful, baby doll cord coupe. You're not a car collector, Tibbetts, but I tell you, this is something special. Only five in the country, and one belongs to me. Uh, Mr. Fireman, you don't have the car. Tibbetts, you're starting to annoy me. 
Now, take that long panty or someplace else. I'll have the car by this time tomorrow, and you can make book on it. I don't think you can do it. You got a couple of dollars to back up that opinion? Yeah, I thought not. You don't look like a sport. <laughs> Hello? Hello, Harvey. Of course it's me. What? Now, Harvey, slow down. I don't understand. Would Tommy steal his grandfather's car if he was offered enough money? Well, just now I think he would. But why do you think he's going to try? Oh? Harvey, we can't let that happen. It'd spoil the boy's life and what's left of his grandfather's. No, I won't let it happen. Mrs. Granger from the grocery store. Your grandson, Tommy, works for me. I'm a friend of his. You understand me? Yes. The man who got Tommy drunk has offered him more money to steal your car from you tonight. You better hide the car keys. I leave them indoors. No. I don't think you understand me. How can I make it clear? Clear? Then why did you say that about the keys? You can't want him to steal your car. Good night, Azan Sozi. Azan Sozi? Woman who is too thin. Go home now, Azan Sozi, friend of Tommy. I give you thanks. But what about Tommy? Too cold outside at night. Go home. Get warm. John Eagle! Oh, he didn't understand me. I know he didn't understand me. <laughs> Quiet, boy. Quiet. Grandfather. Why didn't you tell me you wanted to go riding in car, grandson? It is not too late. Get in. I will drive you as far as you want to go. Uh, I... Get in. Sit beside me. I don't want to go riding. I mean... You, you can't start the car now. N not in the dark. It's, it's too close to the edge of the arroyo. What did you want to do then? Just... Just to sit in the car for a while. Then we will do that. Now. Now we have shut out light. Once in a dark time like this, I rode in Canyon du Celli. I found myself near Spider Rock. You remember stories I told you about that place when you were small? I remember. You, you, you released the brake. Put it back. Grandfather, we're moving. We're rolling. But very slowly. It is heavy car. Now, why are you here? I told you. I, I just wanted to sit in the car. Yes, you said that. Now... Tell me about Spider Rock. 
Uh, on top of the rock, a, a monster spider lives. Please, please stop the car. We'll go into the arroyo. All right, the food of the spider on spider rock is bad Navajos. And foolish ones. Yes, and foolish ones. So, so all with bad conscience stay away from spider rock. Grandfather, that's a 60-foot drop down there. We'll be killed. Please, I, I only wanted to sit in the car. We will sit then until end. Put on the brake. Three times you have lied. Fourth lie will surround you and close your escape. I wanted to steal it. I, I came to steal the car. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He offered me so much money. He offered me money, too. Grandfather, look. We're... We're right on the edge. The front wheels are almost over. Then get out on my side of car and be careful. <laughs> careful. Careful. <sighs> now, did you learn anything this evening, my grandson? I think so. I also learned pride kept us apart. I have left you alone too long. You do not know who you are. I'm not much of anything. Wrong. You are one of us. Dina, one of the people. We will forget tonight completely. Grandfather, what are you doing? Get away from the car. Car, too much trouble. Don't let the brake go. You lose your car. Terrence! Terrence, where are you? Right here, Mr. Farman. Oh, you're leaving now? Yeah, here's your key. Tommy and I are right sorry to see you go away mad. You're a dope, Tibbets. And you, kid, are a double-dyed dope. You let your grandfather smash up my court coupe just to get even with me. He didn't want to do it. It hurt him. But you had spoiled the car for him. He couldn't love it anymore. Then why couldn't he have given it by selling it to me? Why did he have... Oh, what's the use? Mad. Yeah. I should have taken him up on that bet he made me that he'd get the car. <laughs> you, you can't gamble on what a Navajo'll do. <laughs> oh, Tommy, you left his suitcase. Isn't that the one he said you could have? Take it. I don't want it. Mm, why not? If he doesn't value it, then why should I? Hey. That's the first Indian remark I ever heard you make. <laughs> Sir, that's a real Indian remark. Why? I don't understand it. <laughs> don't give up. You stay here long enough, you'll be Indian too.
Theater 5 has presented Devil Dust, written by Phyllis Cole and directed by Ted Bell. In the cast, George Petrie, Peter Fernandez, Abby Lewis, John D. Seymour, and Humphrey Davis. Audio engineer, Marty Folia. Sound technician, Ed Blaney. Script editor, Jack C. Wilson. Original music by Alexander Vlastotsenko. Orchestra under the direction of Glenn Osser. Executive producer for Theater 5, Ted Bell. We invite your comments. Write to Theater 5, New York 23, New York. That's Theater 5, New York 23, New York. This is Fred Foy speaking.